0: It's time for Yes, I Can Living. Entrepreneurial women all have one thing in common. We want to consistently improve our lives to be the best it can be. I'm your host, Kathy Alessandra, and I'll be interviewing inspiring women who think outside the box, color outside the lines, and live beyond the limits of their fears. They're living all in and playing full out, creating their best life and embodying Yes, I Can Living. Living. Hey, everyone, it's Kathy Alessandro, the Yes, I Can Coach, and you are here for another episode of Yes, I Can Living. So excited that you have joined us here on the podcast. If you have not yet subscribed to the magazine, be sure to hop on over to yesicanliving.com. Our first print edition is coming out, and we are sending that out complimentary, so you'll want to be sure to get on that list. And, of course, we have all kinds of great articles that are posting regularly over on the site, all kinds of trends and tips and resources. In fact, you will find an article or two over there from Angela Dorsey, today's guest on the podcast, too. So, let me introduce Angela and we will get going here. So, Angela Dorsey is the founder of Dorsey Wealth Management, which is a fee only financial planner in Torrance specializing in women and their families. Uh, Angela is a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor. She is a member of the National Association of Perf- Personal. Financial advisors. I don't know why. I guess I'm talking too much coffee this morning. Um, (laughs) Angela has a certificate in financial planning from the College of Financial Planning, an MBA from the Anderson School of Management at UCLA, and a BS in computer science from Loyola Loyola Marymount University. I really have. Um, She created Dorsey Wealth Management because of her lifelong passion for financial planning and helping others to better understand and organize their finances, then put them into a place to be able to achieve their goals. So, Angela, welcome to, uh, to the show today.
1: Thanks so much, Kathy. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yes, I'm thrilled to have you here. I, I definitely want to dive into the money conversation in a minute because I know there's a lot of uh, concern and worry about the money. But let's take a moment first and talk about why you started your business.
1: Well, I really started my business for two reasons. Uh, First of all, I've always had a passion for financial planning. When I was a little girl, I would actually read Money Magazine, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) I was really weird. Um, I had a little tin box that I would put my money in, and I would count my money. And I just found it fascinating how money grows, how you could spend money, and what you can do with money. Mm -hmm. Um, You can use it for good things. You can use it for bad things. You know, you can really help it to achieve your goals. Um, It can also... You can also spend it to not achieve your goals. So I just found it really fascinating, the whole energy behind money. <clears throat> and so as I went through my career, uh, I spent 20 plus years in the HR field as a compensation consultant. So I was you know, coaching uh, VPs and managers on how to pay their people. And this passion for financial planning just didn't go away. It just kept nagging at me. And at the same time, I noticed that a lot of my coworkers, who were really smart, um, ambitious women really didn 't know a lot about their finances, so they were working really hard and earning a lot of money, but really didn't know what I thought were the basics and so I soon realized that what came natural to me just doesn't come natural to everyone, and that you know there's really a need for people like me to help women and then I also found out that many Well, first of all, there's not a lot of female financial advisors, and then many women who do have uh, a financial advisor, they really don't connect well with them, or feel that they can relate, or or understand, you know, so they sit down with their financial advisor, and they leave not knowing a word of what the person just said, (laughs) Um, and it's really not about them, you know, it's about the markets, it's about performance, and for women, we're so goal-oriented, we want to know, will I have enough money to retire, you know, will I, be able to do the things I want to do. So it has to be meaningful. It has to tie back to something meaningful. So with all of that, I just thought, wow, you know, I really want to be a financial planner. And I also wanted to be self-employed. I really wanted the freedom and flexibility of being self-employed. And with all those things coming together, I just reached a point where it's like, you know, I'm either going to do this or I'm not. So I actually started my practice while working full time and um got a couple of clients and um i at that point i thought okay it's now or never take the leap and i did and i I never looked back
2: i love it i love it well we've known each other for i don't know probably eight ten years something like that and um i'm guessing but uh but yeah and the way that you focus in on and, and the fact that your niche you have specifically the niche of working with women and helping empower them with their numbers which is so so important. Let me ask you this as um, you know as you've gone through your business and things have gone up and down what's been one of the biggest challenges you've had and how have you overcome that?
1: Well like I said I spent 20 plus years in the corporate area so making that leap to become an entrepreneur to have your own mm-hmm. business it's a huge leap and I really didn't know <laughs> Uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Uh, which is a good thing. I'm glad I didn't know. Um, <laughs> the challenges of running a business, oh my gosh, you are, you know, you're everything. And I think for me, just mentally getting my head wrapped around that I am the one making the decisions and to have confidence in my decisions to, to not only be a financial planner. For me, being a financial planner is the easy part. <laughs> the hard part is running a business and to have the confidence to make decisions that, you know, in terms of the strategy behind the business and how to best reach, you know, your clients and all that, I really didn't know that my greatest challenge would be non-financial, if, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you know, I did join an organization that helps people uh, transition to become a financial planner, or to have a financial planning practice, which... Helped immensely, but I think just emotionally and mentally, sometimes it is still something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, just all the many decisions, and and now I have um, assistance, and how do I best help them to help me and guide them, but yet give them freedom to grow? And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's constant, and and I guess that kind of sums up my biggest challenge: just how to run a business, and mm-hmm. and and also the fact that it never really stays the same. There's always a new challenge. So once you figure something out, then there's another <laughs> challenge something around the out, corner,
2: right? Yeah, but it's
1: really great. I'm really, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be able to have this business because I've grown in ways I've, I've never thought possible. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just such a source of um, pride and, and joy for me to, to have such a meaningful, Work to do.
2: Right, right. Oh, I love that. So let's talk a little bit more about the actual work. And and you know we're in a time like none other in the world right now. And um, you know the the stock markets have been going crazy. And there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. And there's a lot of talk about recession or depression or whatever, right whatever's coming. And um, you know as a woman who. Um, you know, is, is looking at all this and, or actually is anybody looking at all this and figuring out, you know, what's next, what should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? Um, Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, where you see things going potentially or or what maybe we should do. What's something that we, you know, every, every person should do. Like, I don't know, have a savings account or (laughs) I don't know, you know, whatever.
1: Yes. Yes, well, those are a lot of questions. Um,
2: Sorry, yes. Each
1: each question could be a separate podcast. (laughs) Um, Well, let me just start by saying there's two things that drive the stock market, fear and greed. Mm. Right now, fear is driving the stock market. Uh, Today, the market is up, well, the last time I checked, 500 points. The Dow was up 500 points in the hopes of a stimulus package. Well, tomorrow, we may find out that, oh. Uh, then We may not get it. Then I'll be down 500, 800 points. Mm-hmm. So the point is we really have no control over the market. And so what's important is to focus on what you can control. And for us, it's having having a plan, and which means specifically knowing where you want to go. And so focusing on things like um, having a budget. You know, you should really have a budget and know What your spending looks like Uh, you should have, especially during these times, uh, cash is king. You you should have a savings account with an emergency fund. I used to say three to six months in an account that's kind of put aside as an emergency fund. Now I'm saying six months to a year because we're living in such um, uncertain times that having some certainty is, is good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so with that, but in terms of investing, don't try and time the market. If you have money to invest, go ahead and invest now. Just invest in a smart way, which means uh, I love mutual funds. And mutual funds are collections of stocks instead of an individual stock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so with the mutual fund, it's very well diversified. And I would highly recommend if someone wants to dive into the stock market, that they do so but in a way where you're properly diversified and that the fees are are low. You know, yeah. for example, if, if you want to do it yourself, I highly recommend Vanguard, like go to Vanguard and create, and they can help you create a well-diversified portfolio of low-cost index funds. And, and you just set it and forget it and, and don't let the day-to-day drama mm-hmm. make you want to sell. And, and that's really what it is. They, they want to get you all... You know riled up and emotional and, and, and you know one day it's like buy 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 the next day sell sell and so you just you cannot build long-term wealth like that you just have to set your your goals set your strategy and just stick with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was so true um gosh back in march when it looked like the sky was falling march april those were very very ugly months for for, for so many reasons mm-hmm. including the the stock market and I just kept telling my clients, hang in there, we're not selling, we're just stick with your plan, we have a plan, just stick with it. And uh, when it comes to investing, not taking action based on emotions is one of the best things you can do.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh, that goes so true with so many things in life, right? But, but, um, but definitely, I mean, I think it's, it's easy to get in that fear place and, um, and sell, sell, sell or whatever. And, um, you know, just, the idea is to the stock market to put it in and hold on to it.
1: Yes. Um, yes I mean, I guess there's
2: other strategies too, higher risk, I would imagine. But you know.
1: Yes. But take the long-term view. Like if you have money that you don't need for the next couple of years, take the long-term view and invest it. If you need it for the short term, or if you need it for a down payment on a home to pay off debt, anything that's say uh, five years or less, I would not put that in the stock market. I would keep that in a savings account, uh, maybe maybe some CDs, the the interest rates are pretty low, so you're not gonna make that much money right now off of it. But the point is that money will be there for you and it'll be safe. So, you know, if it's short term, don't put it in the market because the ups and downs will make you too nervous and you'll sell at the wrong time and it will (laughs) just not be good.
2: Not a good one. What is it, you know, I think a lot of people think you need to have millions and millions of dollars to get into the stock market. What would be a, what would be a number that you could reasonably, you know, do something with?
1: A hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. Okay. I say start like for kids, if they have a hundred dollars, if they have $50, you know, open up a little account for them so they could see their money grow. Mm-hmm. Um, no amount is too small as long as it's long term and you're not counting on it for anything in the near term. So, and, and I say $100 because it's, a, it's such a low amount, meaning that any time is a great time to um, to invest. And I think with Vanguard, some of their minimums are um, $100 to open up an account. Some are $3,000. It depends. Mm-hmm. So don't let um, the fear of, gosh, I've got to have a million dollars before I get started. Or I've got to have 500000 No, that's not true. If you really want to get started, just start with what, what you have and start now. But make sure it's part of a plan. For example, just know why you're investing. Like this money is for my retirement. I'm, I'm starting now. Mm-hmm. And don't get caught up in, gosh, I should have done this 10 years ago. I should have done this 20 years ago. It doesn't matter. You know, all we have is now. And just start with where you are and what you have and um, just do it. You know, I see procrastination as one of the biggest problems, uh, especially with, with women because we want everything to be perfect. <laughs> right. It's not the right time. I'm so busy. Uh, start now. Start with what you have. And um, next year you'll be glad you did and just add to it.
2: Right. That's great advice. You know, I, I went through a divorce I don't know, four or five years ago now, and um, and really had never done any of this because of my husband, ex-husband's profession. You know, he had handled all of that, and so really, um, you know, going to school on what what it's all about, and you know, what what money should go in, what shouldn't, um, you know, and and just um, empowering myself with that information. And I feel like you know, as long as I've known you, um, that's you know, you're really on a mission to to help women. Empower them with their money and help them manage it, and get informed, and you know, so that they know what to do with it and how to go about it, and take
1: control of it. I mean, right? Absolutely. And the more I do this, the more passionate I feel because as I get more and more uh, meet with clients, I, I I hear stories that just really just making <laughs> really gets me riled up, um, and. I can. I just see more and more a need to um, get help, you know, for women and and really. And you mentioned that word power and that's what it's about for for women who may not manage their finances or manage the family's finances. Maybe someone else manages it. I would say for them, the first step should be to just get engaged and just find out what what accounts do you have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just just become informed you know what accounts do you have how much how much is it where are the accounts located do you have an ira at vanguard and a 401k at fidelity a brokerage account at schwab you know what do you have and if someone else is managing that money for the family you know ask to have maybe oh gosh every six months sit down and just go over the accounts and not that you're questioning them or anything but you just want to know you just want to learn and you may be surprised that they will, they, that they'll be um, happy that you're taking an interest. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes both ways. Uh, sometimes, um, um, you know, a man will give me a call and he'll say, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a female financial advisor because my, my wife is just not, she, she, she knows nothing about the accounts. And if something happened to me, I'm really worried about that. Yeah. And so he wants her to be more engaged. And so, I think to sit down, um, you know, with your spouse once or twice a year, and, and go over a uh, a net worth statement, meaning, you know, on a piece of paper, just write down everything that you own, your your assets, or your bank accounts, investment accounts, and it and it could be small, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just know that they exist. Mm-hmm. You know, is a big step. And then on the right hand side. What, um, what do you owe? You know, many times I hear that something will happen and then one spouse will find out that they're in quite a bit of debt and they didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, putting that on the right-hand side and then seeing what the net is, you know, what is your net worth? And going over that, I think, once or twice a year minimum, just to be informed, I think goes a long way.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, you are, for those who maybe don't understand what a financial planner does, because you're different than you're a your registered investment advisor as well, right? And But what a financial planner, you're actually um, helping somebody plan the money, plan for their future, right? Can you explain a little bit more about that for maybe somebody who's not quite familiar with it?
1: Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of confusion out there about well, what is a financial planner? What is an investment advisor? Are they the same? They're very different, very different. Um, And some are more just salespeople. So there's a lot of, because anyone can call themselves a financial advisor, but they may not have the credentials to back it up. And so um, a financial uh, planner like myself, we look at the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish with your money. So we look at your goals. We look at, um, you know, what accounts you have, are they invested properly to support your goals. And so I really take a a holistic approach to your finances. And I work with my clients on everything. I help them with, uh, I mentioned goal setting, um, you know, making sure that their cash flow supports their lifestyle, you know, they don't know where their money's going and, you know, helping them understand where it's going so that it could support their goals. You know, maybe we can kind of uh, siphon off a bit to automatically go into a savings account. I love automating things that way; you know for sure it'll, it'll get saved. Um, I, I look at retirement planning, and making sure that they're not going to run out of money. Um, if there's a gap, or what can we do now to address that gap? And then um, estate planning, insurance, and tax planning, and then everything else that comes up. Like you know, should they refinance their home? Should they sell their rental property? Should they do this? So it's all those decisions. And, and I found that a lot of women, they come to me, and they know they need help, but they, don't, they, can't, they can't put a name on it. They, they say, I just need help with everything. My finances, I just need help. You know, I just need someone to help me. And so that's what I do. Uh, so it's comprehensive financial planning versus, say, an investment advisor where you open up an account, they give you a risk assessment, they put your money in their um, brokerage, with their brokerage firm, And then maybe you hear from them once a year, maybe just to tell you what the performance is, but they don't really know you. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't know your family. They don't know your goals. Um, See, for me, the investment piece supports the financial planning. You lead with financial planning and then the investments should help you achieve that. You know, what rate of return do you need? Right. Um, You know, don't take more risk than you need if if a 5% rate of return will get you to where you wanna go, then let's set up your portfolio where it's lower risk and it's 5%. If it's more, well, you know, are, are we able to take on that risk you know, and hopefully generate a higher rate of return? So it's a whole different way of approaching finances depending on what you're looking for. Some people don't want the financial planning. They just wanna put their money in an account and that's it. They don't really want all that other stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think there's a place for um, all types, it, it just matters. It just depends on what it is you're trying to accomplish.
2: Right. Okay. All right. Great. So let's um, let's step back into the business aspect of things for just another second. Um, you know, if there was, you know, one thing you knew that you know now in business that you wish you'd known when you'd started, um, what would that be? Like, what would
1: you tell your younger self? Oh, my gosh!' <laughs> Put up an
2: account. that's what I would tell myself, but that's
1: <laughs> oh yes, oh my gosh! But. what would I do? So what would I tell my younger self who's starting a practice? Mm-hmm. yeah, now
2: yeah. from, from you know your your wealth of uh, knowledge now, what do you wish you'd known when you
1: when you started? I would say to trust myself more mm-hmm. because many decisions that I that I'm making now are decisions or thoughts I had years ago, but I just didn't have the confidence mm-hmm. to act on it. Right. And so I took baby steps and maybe I could have taken bigger steps to get to where I am now. Um, I'm a pretty conservative person. So um, I don't know if that would have happened, <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, it, Trusting myself, trusting my intuition.
2: Yeah.
1: Because normally, my intuition is is correct in in terms of, of what I should do, and and get feedback, get advice, but don't ask a hundred people <laughs> what they <Right>? think. <laughs> yes,
2: that's a great, that's a great, um, yeah, great, great tip for sure. Because we can get caught up in asking, yeah for everybody's approval and we're not going to get it right? you're,
1: you're not going to get it and you'll get 100 different answers and then at the end of the day you're just not happy with any of them and right? why because they're not the answer you were hoping to get <laughs> right, right Right?
2: yeah but i love the yeah. following your intuition that's an important one too i mean i think there's a lot of times especially as women we hold back and we don't um take that risk or say yes or do something because you know we're more afraid and we're we're pushing down that gut feeling or that intuition So, okay so angela if somebody was wanting to um connect with you and maybe you know talk about some numbers or financial planning with you where would they find you
1: where would they go oh well they could go to my website dorseywell.com they can um, email me one thing they could do on my website is a schedule a 30 minute introductory phone call. Someone can go in and schedule a call that's convenient for them and we can just talk about it. it's no pressure, no self. I'm a very laid back, no pressure person. That's part of the my thing, you know. I'm just so laid back in terms because I don't like to be pressured. And so if someone wants to just talk about their situation and see if there's a value for them in working together. Mm-hmm. Or if they have, you know, maybe I can help them. Sometimes it's really a quick, simple thing. You know, I could just help someone because I, I really am passionate about this. And you know, if I could just help someone, maybe they're not a good fit, but I could kind of direct them in the right direction.
2: Right.
1: You know, in a thirty-minute phone call, that's that's great. You know. That's so awesome. they can great. go in and schedule a thirty-minute phone call. Or if they're not even ready for that, they can go to my website and download my um, uh, resource. It's a an ebook to help you uh, plan for a secure future, and it really outlines what I do for clients regularly to help them figure out, you know, where they want to go and what they need to do to get there.
2: Awesome. Okay. And again, that's DorseyWealth.com. Yes, can find you over there and get that. Yeah, hop on over there and get that ebook for sure. Sounds like a great um, a great tool to start with if you're just not even sure what to do next. So okay. So let me finish up our interview with a question I always ask at the end, everybody. It's what makes you a yes, I can woman.
1: Oh boy. You know, okay. Oh, I love that question. I was not prepared for that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what makes me a yes, I can woman is I have learned that if I want to do something, I just do it now. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, um, my, my yes I can is I may feel a little fear I may feel a little nervous but I'm not going to let that, that stop me because if I have the desire to do something that means I have the ability to do it and I just I just go ahead and and pursue whatever it is and 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 that goes back to making those decisions for the business I I just do it you know I fight through the fear and, and just do it and I tell you when I do that it it usually turns out Pretty well.
2: Yeah, I love that. Just do it. Just do it. right through the fear and keep on going, and that's
0: what yes I can is all about.
1: That's right. that's right. right. Yes and that's the I only can. way.
0: right
2: <laughs> that fear in the face and saying, and Angela, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise and some tips for um, you know, the whole financial planning and, and what we really need to be thinking about right now on our money aspect. so thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me, Kathy I really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely you bet. And uh, for those of you who have tuned in, thank you for joining us again for another episode. We will be back next week with another episode of Yes, I Can Living. In the meantime, be sure to connect with us over on our Facebook page or even our Facebook group, Yes, I Can Women, um, where we have constant interaction and lots of engagement, fun questions, connection, and collaboration. Uh, So until we see you again, I hope you live your yes, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, and bye-bye.